the short answer to some of the difficult Old Testament passages that seem to indicate a different God is, um, I think we, you know, it's a long discussion about how to read Scripture. But basically, we have to read Scripture intelligently because some of the things that are recorded are intended for us to understand the mistakes that people made, not and not assume that everything they wrote and everything that they. I believe all Scripture is inspired. But for example, you read Job's accusers, and they say, you know, God did this; He's punishing you. And you could quote that scripture, and you'd be accurate uh, in quoting the scripture, but you'd be completely wrong because chapters later, God says these guys were wrong. Yeah. Right. So somehow we want to treat the Bible like it's a different book. We believe in the free will of men. You know, God will not control you, right? You have to choose. It's very important to choose, except if you're a Bible writer, because then apparently God grabs your hand and writes every word, right? Right. And uh, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for correction. But what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? Obviously, it doesn't mean yeah, that everything in the Bible is accurate as well. as God, okay. because well, Job is the clearest example, right? right? Let me ask anyone. And so, <clears throat> I don't think that we should. Would you some I don't think that we should throw off, uh, throw out the Bible because it indicates. It. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the discussion. Do you have anything that you want to watch? Because we're going to have another load. Uh, a little later. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, I have to sit here in my shorts. We're not comfortable. I think about it. Are you seriously don't have anything else to wear? Not really. I mean, I'm kind of a train of thought here. So anyway, um, so anyway, we have to intelligently read scriptures. That's first of all. Secondly, <coughs> the Bible. Would, it's weird how we ignore man. Not wanting to relate intimately to God. Remember when God wants to be in the midst of Israel? They say, No, no, send Moses. Yes. When God invites everybody up to Mount Sinai and they say, No, send Moses. Yes. We leave all that out. And then the parts that really indicate that God's very judgmental for some reason, probably because of a lot of bad sermons and guilt producing rhetoric, we, we latch on to them. We say, Oh, see, there's this other side to God, right? But the, but the battle throughout Scripture is seeing the Father clearly. If, mm. if we saw the Father clearly, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. He said, no man knows the Father. Right? Oh, I love that. He yeah. says, he says, I, yeah, the unnecessariness of, of Jesus is actually what makes it so amazing because it's just about love and about demonstration and revelation. It's not about creating something new but revealing something that's always right. been. Right. Yeah. And then the, the, the accusation comes that you're a Marcionist, you know, that, that Marcionist was is somebody who believes that Jesus revealed a different God than the Old Testament. It's not that he's revealing a different God, it's that he's, it says in Hebrews, we ignore all this as well, that in times past he spoke by the prophets and the law and all that stuff. But now he has spoken clearly by his son. And it's a mystery. I mean, they long <coughs> yeah. to hear and see what we now know. So Yeah, exactly. It's so, quite clear. So we either believe Jesus uh, accurately represent the Father, or we don't, mm. and that's that's coming to a head in all these discussions yes. of grace and all that. And Trinitarian so, theology, and Trinitarian theology, yes. which isn't a systematic theology at all. Uh, so you, people think it's just 
where the majority of the universal. Yeah. It's just saying we should look at the trinity and our origin to inform how we try to understand. It's taking that thing to the end point where <coughs> the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Yeah. It's taking that to its end point because now you yeah. cannot read the old without understanding yeah. the new, and you yeah. cannot see God in the Old Testament without seeing Jesus right. in the new. What people try to do is they try to take somebody did this to me on Facebook the other day. It was like, well, you know, what about Isaiah and all this? And I said, look, you read Isaiah in the light of the revelation of Christ. You don't try to try to dumb down Christ by reading. The Old Testament. Yeah, I, I like to say as well that the explicit teaching of Paul clarifies the implicit teaching in the Old Testament yes. because he yes. clarifies exactly how the blood, what it did, yeah. that wasn't penal substitution. Right. Whereas I can make you think that, although the Septuagint shows that that's not actually what it says. Anyway, that's yeah, a different yeah. conversation. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole long discussion. But, yeah. but basically, the bottom line is you have to read the Scripture intelligently. Jesus, for example, stood up in the temple. He reads Isaiah. He leaves off the judgment. Yeah. which ticked everybody off. And so the, the tradition of the rabbis was they would read the scripture, they respected the scriptures, but they would actually change the words. In fact, Paul does that in the New Testament. And that's their commentary. Their, their, their commentary is, well, this is what this guy said. I honor what this guy said. This is what I think. And so they had a much more open view when they read the scripture than we did. Uh, and, you know, and so... Jesus. Yes, Jesus modeled that you have yeah. heard it said, but I tell you, yes, it exactly. was the best. Exactly. And so uh, we want it to be the law. We want it to be letters so that we can brag about conforming to the letter. Yes. But God has left it as a relational mystery that we, we have to default to things like love and joy and peace, which are, are uh, you can't put those in a box, right? But they're the most important things. It says God is love. It says God is these twelve things, or whatever. Right? And we do that now in modern day with the Bible. We make the Bible like the law or like a king, like they were asking for rules and regulations to be yeah. ruled by fear yeah. rather than by relationship, which which yeah. is almost like how the Bible has become the new law, um, like the, the yeah, Christian yeah. version of the biblio idolatry that we worship the ink on the page, and and then we've taken what Calvin's done and we we defend that with vengeance, and we, you know, we, we don't realize that's not actually scripture. Neither is Jonathan Edwards or a lot of things that we base you know, all the stuff on. Yeah. So that's the short answer, but I think um, another question always comes to Ananias and Sapphira. I I'm all right about that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So if we look at if we look at like Sinai for example, it's the same God, the same mountain, and there's two different experiences. On the top he's seeing the glory of God go by, the goodness of God. They're touching the mountain and dying. What's the difference? Well, what you believe controls you. And if you believe you're relating to a God who will kill you, it probably will kill you. you know? And I think that's what happened with Ananias and Sapphira. And also I think Peter... Oh, that's interesting. Peter's not exactly our role model for saying the right thing. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I don't think he understood maybe his mouth was loaded and, and they were already scared to death because uh, if you think your God is a judgmental uh, killer, and you violate that, and you know you've lied. It it might just kill you, you know. Uh, and and there are spiritual forces that like to support that view of God. I was thinking, yeah, other other because I think that people are way unaware of how spiritually how they are spirit, but how they have creative and destructive power in the spirit. Yes, in, the, uh, in a time. real way. So either that's Peter, or that's Ananias and Sapphira, or it's a combination of both. One of them is causing this to happen, not God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because, for example, 
if, I like that interpretation. If you say, I'll well, God's purified the church, and does say fear fell on everybody, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, what about the guy sleeping with his mom? He's horny. He crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. totally. Why didn't he, he kill that guy? Yeah. yeah, that's way more intense. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. we can't we can't draw these rules. That's right? really good. That's yeah. super helpful. Thank so, you. now, the accusation will always come after something like, well, you don't, you don't think sin's important, blah, 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 and you, yeah. don't, you don't respect God. No, quite the contrary. But uh, the thing is, if you take the worst admonition, the, more, the scariest, fearful Old Testament story, what are you going to do? you going to go back to the law and try to do more? Are you going to fall even more into the arms of the Savior and, and ask Him to transform you and tell you you're living in love, right? We only have two ways to go here. But people want, what, what, what religion wants is this insane balance between love and fear. And it doesn't really work. Try that in your marriage, right? You know, beat the crap out of your wife and then say, oh, I love you, let's go. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Every abusive relationship redefines abuse as love, right? Sure. And, and, and it, I think, you know, in a lot of religion, abuse is redefined as love and it tries to perpetuate it. Right? I love how you talk with agreement in mind. You say right a lot. It's just, <laughs> no, it's I, really great because essentially you're assuming agreement rather than disagreement. You're assuming unity and yeah. if you can read someone on the same page and you can take them with you. Because that's essentially what we we're trying to do as well, just take everyone with us on, yeah. on, a, on a better yeah. journey than we've been on to reveal more of God's love. And, yeah. yeah, that's that's it. And the other thing is, when you're in the religious mindset, we've all been there, you can't hear that you don't know something. Yes. You know, uh, Jesus would say, well, you know, as you know, you know, he would say things like this. Um, or you've heard it said, you know, acknowledging that they know scriptures. In whom we live and move and have our being, even prophets of the day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul even acknowledges uh, the pagan poets, right? Mm -hmm. Which used to, I used to hate that as a Baptist, you know, I would be, or a uh, you know, fundamentalist, I would, I would, well, you can't take that seriously because he's quoting, you know, this other stuff. But he's pointing out that, you know, there's truth revealed everywhere. Truth is truth. Find the common point of agreement with people, right? Very good. And, um, and then try to go forward from there. So, so that's, that's a kind of a short answer to the, those, those difficult things. But at some point we have to be convinced that Jesus was necessary and not keep one eye on Moses and one eye on Jesus, right? Before us, not for God. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Because it affects us. Uh, Necessary not for God, yeah. necessary for us. Yes, yes. We needed him. God didn't need him. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. need him to prove yeah, what he, he already knew. He didn't get either. Either the father got paid off or he forgave. And you have to decide which. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You know, and uh, Jesus came to reveal his father. He never said he was paying off his father. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, now, for the people who are stuck in the law in Hebrews, it does say, you know, he he, he completed the sacrificial system. But, but after, how? yeah, what's by his own blood, right? Yeah. He's the perfect sacrifice. So Paul and the writer of Hebrews mostly is trying to reach you where you are. That's how God communicates. Yes. If you if you really need the sacrificial system to be all wrapped up, it's wrapped up in Jesus. Okay. If you need if you're if you were never in that, you're a Samaritan or you're a pagan. Uh, pagan him who lives Jesus in the doing that. Yeah. If you if you feel like you're a servant, you're now. Friend, if you feel like you were a slave, you're a son. So he's always drawing these contrasts. If you feel like you're a master, then there's no slave nor free. Jew. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, no yeah. Jew. No, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Gentile, no barbarian, Scythian, slave, free male, female. Christ is all in all. So he's trying to reach us with whatever metaphor you need. And after a while, I tell people, look, the Bible is a scrapbook of all these pictures about how you belong in the family. It's so great. All these metaphors. So pick the metaphor that works for you mm. and then realize that beyond whatever the detail of the metaphor is or the reality is, that the point is you're in. You know, you're, you're in. And was it Heidi says, you know, you're so in the family. You know, you're used to that, right? And so that's kind of the short answer to that. Um, can I can I jump in quick yeah, yeah, and then sure. we can. Um, so like just we've spent a whole lot of time on penal substitution stuff. I uh, just undoing all of that. Um, I guess it might not be a question. It might actually be a statement. But anyway, let's see what happens. You were just saying about how the that Jesus fulfills the sacrificial system. Um, if that's what they need, right? If that's yeah, their yeah. narrative. Um, but. Even in that narrative, what I've uncovered, and tell me what you think, uh, is there's two different kinds of blood used in the Old Covenant. One, which is the blood of bulls and goats offered once a year in the Holy of Holies to, to, to cleanse for forgiveness of sins. Yeah. So the blood for forgiveness of sins. But then there's also blood for cutting a covenant, which is a different, a different ceremony, a different thing. It's not yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And so as Paul explains... The blood of Jesus is not the blood of forgiveness of sins from bulls and goats, yeah. but the blood of a new covenant. And so in Hebrews, he juxtaposes those two bloods and basically says that where absolute remission of sin has taken place because of the cancellation of the penalty, there's no longer any need to atone for sin. In other words, to use the blood for... So like the exact... Um, even in the narrative of the Jews, the way that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice is by changing the covenant, not by being one blood sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I should okay. clarify that. It's okay, great. It's new, I just wanted to make sure that... Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no okay. Hebrews talks about a new and living way. Yes. Right? But, but uh, you're right. It says once for all. So instead of um, fulfilling the law's bloodlust, okay, and then changing the covenant, he changes the covenant... And we die to the law, and yeah. no longer a dead man cannot pay his debts, yeah. which is what Paul explains. Yeah. You know, you're freed um, yeah. from your legal obligation when your husband dies. Likewise, you've undergone death to the law through the Son of God. Because one man died, we all died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, just that clarity was yeah, really that's, helpful. That's, but a anyway. good, that's a good point. Um, but you see the writer of Hebrews, which. Personally, I'm not sure it was Paul. Yes. Probably yeah. more likely Apollos or someone else. But, um, you know, he's just trying to wrap it up in the mind of the Jew, yes, right? Yes, totally. And so that okay, cool. their mind is at rest, you know. But the point is to be at rest. And there's a point where you stop, have to stop arguing with God and you have to capitulate to His grace, right? And um, we all drag that out to varying degrees, you know, but eventually we have to surrender to that. Right. Some people that maybe be on the grave when they surrender that, but yeah. but uh, and, the, and the hell that we cause each other on earth is because we extend that more than we need to, right? Yeah. So, uh, so that, okay, cool. that's, you know, there's so much to say about that, and I'm, I think, you know, Jeff Turner did a great job of, in his book about sort of uh, deconstructing, you know, the law and the substitution and all that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, as far as, uh, what was one of the other questions? Oh, about are the communities that are doing this? Um, it was know, more about how your community is doing this. Because no, I, I've never even met someone who's walking in this mm -hmm. stuff and you're saying that, you know, what you saw last night is like the future. It is yeah, what yeah. the church is having. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what does it look like? Do you do preachers and worship music? Because yeah. that's just a structure and a formula. Like, how do you bring everyone to playing their part, their unique expression, as you were talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. are you doing it differently? Aren't you doing it differently? Why? That's the yeah, question. well, I think, I don't think that there's... The problem is we've tried to make a formula, haven't we? We see who has a big church, yeah. and then we say, well, if we do everything like these guys, we'll have a big church. But we have to back up for a minute and say, well, what's the goal? The goal, it, for, to be honest, it was to have a big church. still is. You know, wherever you go in the world, people who've been to Bethel, uh, often you will see, here's the guy trying to be Chris Kalala on the guitar, here's the guy trying to be Kim Walker singing. Or the girl, you know, here's here's the guy trying to preach like Bill, here's the guy trying to preach like Chris, here's the guy, you know what I'm saying? And some of it is because people have legitimate gifting that's similar, right? So that's cool. But often you see a guy who's really a teacher or is really strong in administration, but because he's the pastor, now he's an apostle, right? And there's nothing <coughs> nothing more painful than a than a somebody who's naturally gifted as a teacher trying to be an apostle because teachers like to communicate facts, background, detail. We need teachers, we need to give to teaching. But uh, the apostles cast a vision. And so if you're not getting a vision from someone trying to be an apostle, it's just a lot of long, painful meetings. You know what I mean? And uh, <clears throat> where they're trying to organize God into doing something that they think he's not doing. They organize everybody else. To the point where it kills individual contribution and all of that, right? So one is we can't copy something, you know, Bethel, I love Bethel, like I'm up there a lot, I love all the individuals of Bethel, but Bethel's kind of a unique expression, you know, something God did, I'm so glad he did what he did there, you know, and doing what he's doing because they sort of normalized praying for the sick, words of knowledge, they kind of made it. They straightened out a lot of our thinking on things, right? But it doesn't mean everybody's supposed to be. Yeah, we're not going to be back. All right. You're probably ready to go to your next problem. No, I'm going to pitch Stella, so. Okay. How do we how do we get get out when we get out? Okay, great. I have. Awesome. And Elton might be back by that time, so. We are we are not going to be able to stay for much longer, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I wish we could. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No worries. All right. I will be in. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. See you Yeah. So um, I, I don't think every every church is supposed to be the same. I think there's mm -hmm. supposed to be some small communities, mm -hmm. and I think they don't have to be big. In fact, they probably shouldn't be big to have the level of yep. connection. Exactly. Yep. Uh, um, <laughs> the, like, there's a great community. Uh, in Redlands, it's been going on for six or seven years, and they're, they, they've stayed about, well, they've grown to about 7,500 people. I think they got bigger than that, and they've got different sizes, but they're all, you know, young college professional age, so some people move off and, and, and all that. And um, But there are examples of people who are, who are doing that well. The key is just loving each other and making community and walking with each other the important thing rather than. Trying to trying to be, and of course, if, if what you believe is important, you know, the gospel, 
but you're always going to be growing in that as well. You know, the question is, are you still trying to, what's the right way to put it, are, are your chips split between Moses and Jesus, or are your chips on Jesus, you know? Are you, are you, are you growing in that, right? There are pastoral, you can have meetings without pastors, but to have an ongoing community, you need people with the pastoral gift around in particular. I mean, you need all the gifts, you need teachers, you need evangelists, etc. But, but pastors help people through their life transitions. They, they provide the kind of care when people are hurting to not, not uh, get spun out, you know, yeah. kind of. So you need that. I see a lot of people, you know, they because of the fivefold thing and all that, they, they really downplay the importance of pastors to the point that their communities fail because they don't value, you know, that. The reaction to the hurt of what pastors have become. Yes, this mega god pastor. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I came from a group that the pastor was everything, yes. you know, and then. Everybody, yeah, everybody kind of conformed to that vision, so that's wrong. But you don't get to the truth by reacting to error, yes. right? So you get overcorrect, try to do all this thing. Mm -hmm. So part of it, this is again where understanding the trinity comes in, is, is you, you, you realize it's okay, we all belong. We have that as a common thing, right? We're not competing to belong. Mm -hmm. But what what is your gift? What's your gift? What's your gift? Right? Mm -hmm. And that let's take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Let's enjoy. How can we it. help you? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, that. that's just what makes you come alive. That's what you're passionate about. It's yeah. not anything weird or. Yeah. It's what would you do if we weren't here? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that's like exactly put that to use. Like let's make you yeah. come alive. See the gift, the gifting thing we've taught all wrong. We've taught the gift about this is what makes me special. Yes. Because we don't understand the Trinity. Yes. What makes you special is they made you special. Yes. You, it's not what you're doing that makes you stand out. Because of this Abhi love. It's not yes. that way around. Yeah. Abhi love, now I can do this. Exactly. I can be myself. Exactly. And um, so we honor Jesus in you and what that looks like. See, But if you're not really saturated in understanding of union that Jesus really is in you, then you're always trying to get Jesus in you. You're trying to... That puts a sense. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's very helpful. Yeah. And so... Uh, to be honest with you, our church is not a great example because it's it's gone through so many transitions. We've tried so many formats, you know. And we, we started out, but that's so interesting and valuable to me to know. Yeah. We 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 started out with two strong personalities, neither of whom were pastoral. They would tell you that now. So we're trying to pastor, but we didn't found the found, found the church. Ben and, and ben and John. John. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, this morning a wonderful video. I, I I'm gonna. Posted one of those memory things from five years mm. ago. We were doing some music. We had some crazy meetings. Yeah. Little video of it. And I, I, I'm so grateful for those guys. They're so good for me, you know. But but basically, what's happened is most of our people are just going on with life. They're doing life together. You know what I mean? Mm. And they love the Lord, and that's an important part of their life. But it's not all about meetings all the time. You know? Yes. When, when we're in town, yes, we have get together to our house. We haven't had a lot in the last, uh, uh, you know, year because of, uh, we've been up in Cana, you know, for three months in the summers and we've been traveling a lot. But when we're in town, we enjoy getting together with everybody, right? And at the meantime, many of them have started families, so they've gone to bigger churches where there are more young families, right? And but we always get together because we value the gospel and they don't always get as much of that, you know, wherever they go. 
but people do life together. They have birthday parties. Like one of the main times we get together is when they when the kids have birthday parties. Wow. You know, everybody comes to that because most of these kids grew up in our living room and you know and stuff. And uh, some of them moved off and we're a college town, so some of our people came. They finished their degrees. They moved on somewhere else. Um, a lot of the work of our church was. Uh, and still is, is like a regional meeting. You know, when we have it, a speaker, people come. We had some guys drive from Arizona last mm -hmm. night. Is that far? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's like a day or two's drive. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, wow. Southern California, Reading. Like, I, I run into people all over now who were going to school in Reading who had come down for a meeting, you know, sometimes yep. in the last five years. And they'll they say, you know, hey, I got infected with gospel there, you know. Infected, that's perfect. Uh, and uh, so we're we're pretty messy, you know, like. Uh, oh, I love to. I'm so glad to hear that. Because yeah. I feel like that's just real. That's yeah, just yeah. love. Yeah. No, I I'm not. I figured out I'm really not the best. You know, I pastor, but I'm not like the most organized. Like, let's go plan a church kind of thing. We, that's not how this all started, you know. So good. And now I find. Wow, the so cat's killed a mouse, look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh it's, <laughs> it's a bird. bird. Oh, is it a bird? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's full of oh, like, there we go. Time yeah, to chat. It's still alive. So, uh, well, and it's nature, there it is. Yeah, small cat, small bird. It would have been a dinosaur back in the day, it's like a pterodactyl. It's all scary, man. It's all scary. What's new with context? Yeah, so I I feel like uh, sometimes when we go places now, we accidentally plant or grow churches because, you know, there's a small group and they, they don't have a lot of fellowship. We put it out on Facebook, a bunch of people come together. We go, hey, I like you, you know, I like you, mm -hmm. let's hang together. It's so great. It's, and awesome. that, it's not any plan or anything. Yeah, like, totally. You know, yeah. So I, I like that. It doesn't put the yeah, I mean, we're probably, we're probably going to meet here on Friday. Oh, cool. I met Terry last night. Yeah, that's how it works, yeah. right? Real, real koinonia, real fellowship, right? Yeah. And, and the problem comes in when we try to build something, we try to get significance from our leadership, stuff like that. But the gifting is to serve other people. That's the key. Mm. And, and when people started discovering the Holy Spirit, more in the latter part of the Jesus movement stuff, we started doing all this teaching on gifts. It was like, I finally am significant because now I know I have this gift from the Holy yes. Spirit, right? But if it wasn't rooted in an understanding of the Trinity and that you already belong and you already matter, so... Yeah, you the entity I mean? now comes in with the gift. Yeah. So that's where you identify. Yeah, it. so the gift is simply, the gift mix is part of the your unique empowered identity. And... Um, so I, you'll find your way, you know. Um, I, you know, you'd be probably be fun for you. Matt's been doing Matt Spinks and Jared and some others have been doing these where they get the your kind of communities together. They did one in Fort Wayne and one out in uh, near LA, and I, I went to one of them and talked about Trinity and community, and uh, uh, you know, you guys can learn some things from each other. Practical, for example. You have to decide what you are, mm -hmm. and it's a good idea to interview people before you uh, invite them into your community. And not to be exclusive, it depends on the kind of meeting you're at. Like some meetings are public, whoever comes, comes, right? 
but some meetings when you're having a, a smaller meeting there's some people who aren't really ready for that kind of environment yeah they'll dominate it or whatever yeah. and we've made every mistake i think there is on that you know like we had a couple who they were recovering alcoholics and uh and drug users and we thought and they, they seemed to be in a good place we're like oh that's great come on in we'll help you out but they were still in the cycle of their addiction and after two or three cycles we realized you know we're not drug and alcohol counselors and so it got to where the uh, we we didn't detect what was going on fast enough. After we talked to people who've been doing this kind of work, they're like, "Yeah, when you know when this happened, you should have realized this is where they were in their kind of their cycle, and you were, you know, you were enabling them rather than really helping them, and you know, and and so we learned that kind of the hard way. And uh, some people get offended at that. The other thing I find is, like, we had a young engineer from Silicon Valley, and he was looking for a church. Somehow he connected with us. Maybe. I don't know how he did, how he did, but I had coffee with him. Turns out, you know, he came he came from like a pretty strict reformed church kind of background. Didn't understand kind of where we were theologically. And I said, dude, I don't think you're going to feel really comfortable here. You know, I think you probably want to go to a more traditional church for a while. You're welcome to come to some of our other meetings, but I think you you know and and just where he was socially and everything. That's great, because now you're not trying to force people to conform to like one way, because yours is the way, but yeah. rather just trying to contribute to the greater church yeah, body yeah. of Christ yeah. and, 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 and in our kind of our own way, I guess, like, yeah. or in this collection of people's way, yeah. Yeah, and I often send people, we have a young pastor who, who's he's been a pastor for like 12 years at a local church, just got blasted by the Holy Spirit, he's growing, we're talking about the gospel, and he's doing a good job at a lot of things, so I send a lot of people there now, you know, especially like there's somebody visiting from Europe while we're here, and I said, you know, we're not we're not doing meetings right now, but you know, go over here, and uh, some of our people go there, and so I I don't see it as you know we're we got to build this exclusive thing, you know, and uh, uh, you know just whatever works for the person. You know, just, yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. That's yeah, really cool. But you guys have a you guys have a really cool vibe, and I think young professionals will be attracted to what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, the meal we always do a meal when we have our small meetings as well. Awesome. That's a time where real communication happens, yeah. real fellowship, real exactly. communion. And I would keep. You know, I think that's a good format, and uh, I like I like what you did in worship. I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of like let's don't try to. I've seen choruses. Everybody was kind of in this really cool, kind of meditative place. I thought of going to the song, but just whatever. Yeah, no, it was a beautiful moment. It really was. And uh, I love it when people learn to listen to the Spirit and flow together mm-hmm. and appreciate each other's gifts. You know, that's really the best, you know? <laughs> and I think, that's, I think that's why we still do get together, is because people miss those times. Yeah. That's something you can't get always in a big corporate environment. Yeah. But we do love those moments of corporate worship, don't we, where you got a thousand voices and